Hello, very warm welcome to the programme. This is World Business Report. I'm Ben Thompson and we're going to start in China where latest economic data shows the country's manufacturing activity contracted for a fifth straight month. Well, the official Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, it rose slightly to 49.7 in August. That was slightly higher than many were uh, expecting. But that figure is still below 50, which does signal a contraction. Now, it is pretty safe to say that that much-anticipated post-COVID rebound hasn't materialised just yet. There are also worries about the country's indebted property sector. Today, Moody's downgrading the Chinese property giant Country Garden. Once again, the firm now faces a crucial vote to avoid defaulting on a bond repayment. We're going to keep a close eye on that for you. We'll get some expert analysis for you in just a moment. But from the workshop of the world to a fast-growing economy, a very different picture in India, where the economy grew at its quickest pace in a year in the April to June quarter. It grew by 7.8%. That's thanks to strong services activity and robust demand. Uh, enviable, of course, by many countries uh, in Europe, but India's economy is actually predicted to double in size over the next eight years and become the second biggest in the world later this century. So why and what's going on right now? Our India business correspondent Nikhil Inamdar has the very latest from Mumbai. Feeding her family of four this humble vegetarian meal costs Usha a third more than it did a few months ago. With prices of most staples soaring, the money she brings home as a domestic helper isn't enough. She's now taken on part-time work as a seamstress to earn additional income. I'm a single earner in the family and we can't save anything anymore. Everything from food to gas cylinders costs more. We are very stretched. There is just no respite in the prices of basic staples in food markets like these. And as the country's poorest suffer from soaring food inflation, the government has had to bring in curbs on the exports of essential commodities like rice, wheat and even onions to cool domestic prices. This has global food security implications, say experts. India accounts for 40% of the global rice market. Since its ban on non-Basmati rice came into effect, prices of rice from markets like Thailand have jumped 20%. And now, a sugar ban under consideration could aggravate the situation. In case there is a ban on sugar exports, uh, which the likelihood has increased because there is projection of sugar production being lower in the next season. That would have an impact on uh, global prices. And all the economies are right now focused on controlling inflation in their own economies. So I would say that India also has to take care of its own interest. Food makes up for a big chunk of an average Indian's monthly expense. While soaring prices are eating into disposable incomes, Erratic rains and changing climate patterns have led to lower yields for millions of India's farmers like Manik Bodaki. He spent three and a half thousand pounds sowing onions on his three-acre plot of land and is staring at big losses this year. The quality of the crop was very poor because of the unseasonal rain. 80% of what I had stored has rotted. I'm not going to be able to recover my costs. With a big general election looming, unrest due to high food prices is a risk no government will want to confront. 
Nikhilananda, BBC News, Mumbai. So there we have the story of two very contrasting economies, that of China and that of India. India, as we said, doing pretty well right now. China, a very different picture. Let's get the detail with Janet Moyi, who's head of market analysis at RBC Bruin Dolphin. Janet, always good to see you. So talk to me about what's going on right now. We've got concerns over manufacturing. We have this big property issue and we have a soaring youth unemployment rate. It's hard to know which is the most pressing. Hi, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, China is facing a number of uh, problems. I think they all comes down to the slowdown in the property market. Um, so house prices are falling and housing transactions are slumping. So that's why the uh, country's largest developers are suffering. And Country Garden, for example, uh, for once it was the largest property developer, they have suffered a half year loss of $6.7 billion. Um, and it is uh, likely to go in default. It is warning, so uh, it just, as to further pressure on the general sentiment of the property sector, which of course affects the sentiment of consumers and uh, the um, wider economy. And Janet, this tells us a, an interesting story, doesn't it? It paints a picture of how China has managed its economy for so long. It's been seeing growing wealth. That money has been put into the country's banks. They've been lending it out cheaply to construction and uh, manufacturing firms, particularly, though, building houses. And now we're seeing that house building bubble burst in spectacular fashion. China's got to do something to refocus its economy away from massive construction and infrastructure towards domestic demand and domestic consumption. But that's easier said than done. Yeah, absolutely. It is difficult because um, the household mindset have a high savings rate. I think on average, the Chinese savings ratio is about 35%. And also the property sector is very important. It affects sentiment. It has a wealth effect. So if property prices are, are falling and people are not confident about the housing market, they're not going to spend. So um, the government eventually would still try to stimulate housing demand. And uh, we already see that the authorities have, have announced that uh, there will be lower down payment for home purchase for first and second time uh, home buyers. And also they are lowering existing mortgage rates. They, they try to stimulate the economy. And of course, they're trying to also help the private sector by uh, improving the supply of credit to these private enterprises. But it will take some time. I think incrementally, these steps are helpful. But I think um, the structural issues are just too big. Janet, really good to have you with us. Thank you for that. Janet Moyer there at RBC Bruin Dolphin. Thank you.